Small Biz Stories is brought to you by Constant Contact. Constant Contact is committed to helping small businesses and nonprofits connect with new and existing customers with email marketing. Find out more at constantcontact.com. And he says, well, why? How much are you, I mean, he's looking around, you know, small little stores. How much are you going to buy? I'm like, 15, 20 wheels? Yeah. His eyes popped in the back of his head, you know? <laughs> and he says, well, you know, they make a 400-pounder. I'm like, well, I'll buy a 400-pound wheel. I know I'm going to sell it. Yeah. Right? I know I'm going to sell that many pounds of this yeah. one cheese. Yeah. I'll buy a 400-pound wheel of cheese. How many people do you know with that kind of confidence? I can surely think of one. His name is Peter Levis, owner of the cheese shop in Concord, Massachusetts. But even with Peter's confidence, that doesn't mean there haven't been moments of doubt. Today, you'll hear from Peter as we explore how he got started in the cheese business, the day he thought he made his biggest mistake, and how he pushed through to continue to grow his business. More than 50% of small businesses fail within the first five years. These are the stories of those who beat the odds. My name is Dave Charest, and I'll be your host as we share the stories of some of the bravest people you'll ever meet, small business owners. You'll hear how they got started, their biggest challenges, and their dreams for the future. When you first meet Peter, you can see you're meeting a man in his element, half cheesemonger, half magician. He is the Willy Wonka of cheese. Standing behind the counter handing out generous samples, those of us waiting in line hold on to our numbers tightly as if we're clutching our very own golden tickets. Watching him in action, I wanted to know how he first got started. With almost 40 years in the cheese business, he remembers his first day like it was yesterday. Well, I wanted a job, so I went downtown to the uh, you know, greengrocer. This is in, in New Jersey. Greengrocer and hardware store and deli and you know, the cheese shop yeah. and asking people, they give me a job. Yeah. And I was 15 years old. My first day was October 16th, 1976. Uh-huh. And uh, I just loved it. I mean, I'm still in touch with Mr. Knowles. Um, he's a great guy. He's 90 this year. Mr. Knowles was Peter's first boss and is still the inspiration for a lot of Peter's own management style. Throughout our interview, Peter brought up a few lessons he learned from Mr. Knowles early on. So I started in October, October 76. February vacation week, 1977, February 77. Yeah. I hadn't even worked there for six months, right? I was not even 16 years old yet. Mm-hmm. And he said to me, my wife and I are going to St. Bart's for, for a week. Will you take care of the store? Mm-hmm. So I was 15 years old. I had wow. the keys to the store. I ran the store all by myself. I'd ride my bike down, it's three <laughs> miles to work. Yeah. Undo the alarm, you know, set up the counter, take care of the customers, put her to bed at night, drive my bike home. One of the things that's real important to me as a business person and as a member of, of the community is is young people. Okay. I mean, young people. The more we invest in young, the more we invest in the younger the people, the more we're gonna, more we're going to get a return on that, yeah. right? Sure. So I spend a lot of time and energy with young kids, and so a, a high school kid here will be probably six or eight years younger than the next youngest person. But we work with them and, and, you know, we give them great work habits. Like Corey, that kid in that movie, he just had his 10th Christmas with me. I mean, he just graduated from college. He's already been working for me for 10 Christmases. 
After Peter's initial job at the cheese shop in New Jersey, he spent some time working with cheese importers and distributors. But it wasn't long before we started thinking about what it would be like to get back into selling cheese directly to consumers. Then in 1998, a good friend of mine who I went to college with was the general manager at this store. So, you know, when I would go to buy cheese, I'd come here Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, pick pick up a few things and... Like, I got my wedding cheeses here, and, you know, if I needed stuff shipped, yeah. she would she would take care of it. She wouldn't just send me the stuff, because she knew me. She knew I wanted the good stuff. Yeah, yeah. And um, so in 1998, I was here uh, buying, buying some cheese, and she says, you know, Peter, you should put an apron on and get back to the retail business. And I'm like, oh, I've been out of retail for a long time. I don't know. It's a special thing. I don't know if I still got it. <laughs> no, you should try it. So the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, so... Not the day before Thanksgiving, right. but the prior Wednesday. Yeah. I knew it would be busy, um, but not crazy yet. And I just kind of see if I still got it. Yeah. And I uh, took time, took a day off of work, yeah. and came in here and you know put a cheese plane in my hand, and it was just great. Yeah. I mean, selling cheese is a gas. Yeah. Selling cheese is a blast. Yeah. It's really a lot of fun. What, I, what, what makes it so fun? Well, when you you give somebody a taste. Yeah. Right, and you tell them a story. Yeah. You get to watch their expression. Yeah. You, they have a great time, and you watch their faces, and they're loving it. And you can tell a story, and they're con- you're connecting people with with product, and it's and it's passion, and it's very intimate, um, and it's just a lot of fun. Soon, Peter began taking more and more days off from work to help out at the cheese shop. Then one night, the shop's previous owner shared some news that pushed Peter to take a big leap. And then it was new Christmas Eve night, which is the big day, you know. And I'm saying, so long, i got to go home, take care of my baby, and I'll see you next year. And Bill's wife, Louise, said, uh, we may not be here next year. The store's for sale. So I raced home. You know, I live just about an hour west of here. Raced home, got two speeding tickets that night um, on my way home, and uh, signed a non-disclosure, made an offer, was accepted, and signed the purchase and sale in uh, August 01. The cheese shop in Concord has been open since 1967. As the store's third owner, Peter works hard to deliver an experience that makes a lasting impression on its shoppers. What makes your cheese shop different from other cheese shops? Well, we're uh, one of the few that are still cut to order. Mm -hmm. Um, So many are now are what I call cut and dump. Mm -hmm. You know, cut it, price it, and let people pick it up. Now, you can't buy anything in my store without talking to a human being. Okay. And without talking to an intelligent human being right. who knows what they're talking about, yeah. can tell the story. Mm-hmm. You don't see, you know, I don't have a very low employee turnover. I spend a lot of time and energy thinking about employee turnover and how to avoid it. Mm-hmm. Um, Kim is still new. She's been here three years. You know, <laughs> yeah. um, I've got, Harmon has been with me for, I think she's celebrating her 11th or 12th year with me end of this month. Mm-hmm. 
Justin's been with me over 10 years. Mary's been with me over 10 years. David's been with me over 10 years. Uh, Jen has been with me for four or five. Bree has been with me for seven. Um, and then the kids, the, the high school kids, yeah. there's usually one or two of those. We train them in the summer because they want summer jobs. Yeah. But it's not a summer job. Gotcha. It's yeah. a Christmas job. Yeah. And you're expected, if you work here and work here over the summer, you're expected to come back yeah. every year that you're in school. Yeah. Term abroad, okay. Yeah. Um, but that's the deal. Yeah. Because it's, it's a lot of time and energy to, to train somebody yeah. to get to the point where they can be productive helping a customer. Yeah. Um, so the, the employee, the level of expertise and you, the same faces time and time again. Yeah. And, you know, we're not, uh, we're, we're just as happy selling somebody, you know, a $9.99 a pound cream cheese spread as we are a $40 a pound goat cheese from England. Mm -hmm. If that's what they want, they're yeah. going to get that same level of service, that same interaction, that same appreciation. Mm -hmm. um, whereas, a, you know, some places of, of that have this caliber of, of product and this caliber of service, mm -hmm. we're like, oh no, we don't we don't sell Havarti. Yeah. You know, yeah. And we're like, sure, yeah. plain or with dill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, we'll, we'll, as an early mentor once told me, I think I just said this. Yeah. You know, yeah. sell your customers what they want to buy. This pride Peter feels for his staff, as well as his product, is really what makes the store stand out. We spoke with the store's general goods buyer, Arma, to hear what it's like working at the shop. My name is Arma Narote. I've been here 15 years this month. What's it like working for Peter? He's great. He's, uh, you know, he's got a good sense of humor. He likes to tease me because I'm very teasable. And uh, I try to tease him back, but it's very hard for me to get the one-liners in. But he's, he's very good. Um, you know, he he doesn't ask much. He knows he we have our own jobs, and, you know, we don't have to ask him every little thing. He doesn't, you know, need to know all the nitty-gritty. If I go to a food show and I see something new and I think it's going to be a great fit for the store, then I he has confidence in me that I'm going to make the right decisions and not bring back something that uh, you'd find at the CVS counter or something. If I go to a show and I find something new, he's more than willing to say, hey, just go for it. You know, you know what fits in the store. You've been doing the buying, so... He lets me have uh, free reign, which is nice. Peter has created an environment where he and his staff come to work feeling inspired rather than run down. His trust in their ability has freed up his own time so he can push the business to grow and take on new opportunities. I don't have any written goals. I mean, I don't, yeah. I mean, I don't have a, I don't, I mean, I don't have a boardroom. I don't yeah. have a, you know, I'm, I'm the, I'm the, the guy in charge. I'm the yeah. guy that when nobody, when the kid is sick, I take out the trash. You yeah. know, I mean, um, a couple of things that I wanted that that I think I did, though not with any you know written goals, so to speak, was really um, instill a, a culture here of community and service mm -hmm. and expertise mm -hmm. um, and that is not something that you you know make rules to do that's something that you know involve evolves organically I think it comes from the comes from the leader mm -hmm. you know so you know I show that um, but you know now I've got 
I've got such a great crew that have been with me for so long, I don't have my head in the weeds. You know, I'm able to, to, you know, do bigger things. Yeah. Like, have crazy ideas like, let's have a parade for a wheel of cheese. <laughs> the parade for cheese line isn't a joke. In fact, the parade is now an annual tradition going on its sixth year. Here's the backstory. In 1998, I think, I was asked by the Boston Globe, what's on your cheese platter for Christmas? Right? So I gave them things that weren't everywhere. You know, Crystal Brook Farm, Krukolo, things that, you know, are not exclusive to me, but things that you're not going to find at Whole Foods or, you know, the supermarket. And the importer... So when the story hit, I had a wheel, so I ordered a couple more. They're 30-pound wheels. Mm-hmm. The importer and the distributor were out of it. This was the... Right after, that, right after the, yeah. the, 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 the thing hit the, hit the yeah. globe. Yeah. That's a nice PR hit, yeah, right? I mean, <laughs> it was pretty good. Yeah. And I'm out of cheese. And I'm thinking, this is, this, I don't need any help looking like a chump. I'm fine doing that on my own, right? <laughs> So I got a friend in Chicago who UPSed me a wheel yeah. to get me through. Yeah. Well, you know, UPSing a 30-pound wheel of cheese significantly eats into your profit margin on selling yeah. that wheel of cheese. Yeah. But at least I had the cheese, right. right? So the next summer, the importer was in town. He looked at this where the, my local distributor, and he was looking at, uh, at my, my purchasing history, and he sees me selling all this, all this crew glow. Yeah. So he comes out here. And he's looking at this small little store, and, and he's kind of like wondering, what are we, how, is this, how can this be, yeah. right? And we're only open 38 hours a week. We're not even open 40 hours a week. Okay. We're closed on Sundays. We're closed on Mondays. Yeah. So I get in, up into his face, and I'm like, last year, you ran out of cheese at Christmas time. Yeah. And I, was, I put it in the Boston Globe. And he says, well, why? How much are you... I mean, he's looking around, you know, small little stores. How much are you going to buy? I'm like, 15, 20 wheels? Yeah. His eyes popped in the back of his head, you know? <laughs> and he says, well, you know, they make a 400-pounder. I'm like, well, I'll buy a 400-pound wheel. I know I'm going to sell it. Yeah. Right? I know I'm going to sell that many pounds of this yeah. one cheese. Yeah. I'll buy a 400-pound wheel of cheese. And then when it came in... Um, thing and we what are, you know we, we need to do something here with it yeah so why don't we have it why don't we roll it down the street on a red carpet <laughs> with rose petals yeah. so I had you know section eight foot long carpets and I had a kid roll one down and then we'd roll the cheese and then he'd grab the one that was rolled off and he'd run in front of it and roll it down there it was really yeah. quite chaotic yeah. during the event Peter pulls out all the stops with horse-drawn carriages and Italian singers After hearing about it and seeing some videos on YouTube, I already have a group of people planning on joining me in the crowd next December. But the parade hasn't been Peter's only creative idea. Here he is talking about an upcoming event at the store, this time celebrating another one of Peter's favorite things, butter. We had just gotten this catalog from a a vendor, and I'm, like, going through it, and I see, like, four, four butters in this catalog. Ooh, and the light went on in my head. It's like, let's have a, let's have a battle of the butters. Mm-hmm. 
so and then I started going a little Susian on it, like, and we can have a ballot box, so we can have a butter battle ballot box, <laughs> and the butter battle ballot box can be manned by the butter battle ballot box butler, <laughs> right? So, I, so I'm thinking this kind of Dr. Seuss yeah. thing in my head, and and uh, I, I I mentioned, and they're like, yeah, that, that'll be fun, so. I, and I have to figure out how to say it really fast. Yeah, yeah. And so it's the butter battle. Pow, pow. You know? <laughs> and we have an old butter churn. And we're going to have little um, jars. And we're going to put some cream in it yeah. and for the kids. And they can shake it up and make their own butter, which would be cool. Yeah. So we're going to have a butter battle in May. With all this confidence, creativity, and fun, I was starting to think Peter's shop was more of a cheese utopia than a business. But then I dug a little deeper to hear about the challenges his business faced. It's clear that even the most established businesses have some sore spots. So there's an event called the Taste of Concord. Yeah. To support the Chamber of Commerce. Yeah. It's a wine and food event. Mm-hmm. $30 to get in. It's in Concord couldn't define my demographic any better than that Mm -hmm. right that's you know disposable income interested in food and wine interested in the community locally thinking Mm -hmm. perfect and i go to this event and the most frequently asked question i got there was where are you located i've been here it's been here for 35 years you don't know where we are you are my the definition of my demographic mm-hmm. and you don't know where I'm it's across the street do you ever go to the post office mm-hmm. right and so I broke down at broke down the, my display that night and I'm coming back here and I'm on the verge of tears thinking what have I just done to my family yeah. you know I mean I'm just like they my demographic doesn't know I'm I exist yeah. and it just it was horrible. It was just it, like the nadir of experience. Like I'm really ready to go home and tell my wife, I'm so sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but fortunately, it's a long ride home, and I got thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that's where that's my potential for growth. That's yeah. how I'm going to grow the business. If yeah. I can get all these people to know that I'm here, yeah. then I have some ability to grow the business some more. Yeah. Part of reaching this audience involves continuing to be active in his local community. The Cheese Shop also uses email marketing and social media to build a presence online. While Peter has always preferred to connect with his customer base in person, he works hard to send his audience something of value. Here he is talking about his email newsletter. It's hard to write it write it well. Yeah. I mean, that's one thing that one comment that I get from a lot of people is Mm -hmm. like, "Your newsletter is really well written." That's great. Yeah. And that's because we write it, yeah. we rewrite it, yeah. then we edit it, and then we rewrite it again. Yep. And, you know, it's 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 really a labor of love yeah. to, to do it right. Yeah. Also, mine tend to be less commercial, right. more chatty, yeah. you know, like t- talking about the employees that, are, you know, went to vacation in, in Florida had yeah. a great time in Sanibel the sand is soft as yeah. sugar you know stuff like that so yeah. it's much more um, 
it's much more connected than it is commercial. As Peter continues to think about marketing his business, the focus, whether in-store or online, is always the same. Put the customer first and deliver an experience they won't forget. Give them the most unbelievable experience that they've ever had. You walk walk in here, even if it's... Here's Here's a great metric. Christmas time, we're busy. I mean, there I got five five cheese cutters, right? I'm running five boards, and we're taking numbers, and there'll be a twenty number differential between who I'm who I'm helping, the number I'm calling, and and the numbers that's still hanging, right? I go through a little better than sixty numbers an hour. That's a number a minute on average, right? So if there's a twenty minute different twenty number differential, you got about a twenty minute wait, right? Chances are, every day that that happens, somebody says, I overhear somebody saying, this is a great place to wait in line. Where in the world else would that happen? Yeah. It didn't happen at Target on Sunday. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. And, that was, and then people go there at 8.45 and everything's gone. Mm-hmm. That's a heck of a customer experience, huh? No. You come to my counter... You're going to have a great customer experience. You're going to get some great products, whether it's cheese. You're going to, you're going to talk to the wine guy. He's going to tell you about the size stones that are in the field, mm-hmm. if you want to know about it. Yeah. So they're going to go out and they're going to tell their friends, boy, I got this at the cheese shop. Yeah. This was great. I talked to Bree or yeah. Peter helped me. You know, it's a great store. I got to go back there whenever I can. Yeah. You know, whenever I need cheese, I can't buy it at the supermarket. You're going to want to come back here because you had a great time. Even if you were waiting in line, you had a great time. That's a, that's a valid metric. Businesses measure success in many different ways. Of course, financial goals and growth play a big role. But it's clear that, for Peter, there's more to it than that. Walking away from our interview, I'm left with three main takeaways. One, sell people what they want. Two, provide them with an unforgettable experience. And three, invest in your employees and community. These are the elements that have proven successful for Peter over the years. And as Peter will tell you, once they're in the shop, this is where the magic happens. Here's Peter with the last word. Now, not everybody that comes to Concord is going to come give me their money, but I've got a decent shot at getting some of their cash more plastic if they're in my building I got a really good shot at getting into their wallet really good shot and if they start talking to me or to one of my staff members hang it up (laughs) I'm putting some cheese in the bag we appreciate you listening and would love to hear what you think of the show Your feedback is important to us, so please go to iTunes right now and leave us a review. Small Biz Stories is produced by myself, Dave Charest, Sean Cronin, and Miranda Paquette. You can contact us at podcast at constantcontact.com. Small Biz Stories is brought to you by Constant Contact. Constant Contact is committed to helping small businesses and nonprofits connect to new and existing customers with email marketing. Find out more at constantcontact.com.